Blog Talk Radio. From them he'd really gone. He broke from them. And then he broke from himself. I'd never seen a man so broken up and ripped apart. I've seen horrors. Horrors that you've seen. But you have no right to call me a murderer. You have a right to kill me. You have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me. It's impossible for words to describe what is necessary to those who do not know what horror means. Horror. Horror has a face. And you must make a friend of horror. Horror and moral terror are your friends. If they are not, then they are enemies to be feared. They are truly enemies. I remember when I was with special forces seems a thousand centuries ago. We went into a camp to inoculate some children. We left the camp after we had inoculated the children for polio. And this old man came running after us and he was crying. He couldn't say We went back there, and they had come and hacked off every inoculated arm. There they were in a pile, a pile of little arms. And I remember, I, I, I cried, I wept like some grandmother. I wanted to tear my teeth out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I want to remember it. I never want to forget it. I never want to forget. And then I realized, like I was shot, like I was shot with a diamond, a diamond bullet right through my forehead. And I thought, my God, the genius of that. The genius. The will to do that. Perfect, genuine, complete, crystalline, pure. And then I realized they were stronger than we because they could stand it. These were not monsters. These were men, trained cadres. These men who fought with their hearts, 
who have families, who have children, who are filled with love, but they have the strength, the strength, to do that. If I had ten divisions of those men, then our troubles here would be over very quickly. You have to have men who are moral and at the same time who are able to utilize their primordial instincts to kill without feeling, without passion, without judgment, without judgment. Because it's judgment that defeats us. I worry that my son might not understand what I've tried to be. And if I were to be killed in Willard, I would want someone to go to my home and tell my son everything. Everything I did, everything you saw, because there's nothing that I detest more than the stench of lies. And if you understand me, Willard, you... You will do this for me. Everybody hear me? Now, that's some fucking bullshit. All right. Okay. Because I was on the host line, legit, and I put that introduction on, which uh, which was fucking uh, uh, Colonel Kurtz. I'm sorry. I'm all distracted now. i got to pull my shit together. I'm in fact, I'm going to fucking yell at those people playing that loud fucking annoying fucking music. All right, let me pull my shit together. We have a very special show tonight. Uh, no, I'm at my friend's house. Hey, turn that down! <laughs> They're all fucked up in there. See? Get results. Look, I want, I want this lesson to go out to all the kids. If you yell at people... You'll get results. If you kick people in the shin, you'll get results. Don't believe in peace. And on that note, we have we actually have a great show tonight. There's a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, I'm glad that BTR didn't complete me, but completely give me the Heisman and not let, allow me back in. Um, but we have one of our favorite fucking um, in-house um, uh Wait a second, I would probably have to go back to the fucking studio. 
make sure nobody's muted. All right, nobody's muted. All right, we're getting over everything here. We're getting over all these. Oh uh, yeah, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting all we're getting over all these all uh, these uh, PTR glitches. Um, Soldier, you are on. Spyco, you are on. Coach is out having a drink and a smoke. Um, and uh, and oh, and now I'm muted. No, I'm not muted. I'm not muted, am I, Spyco? You're not muted. We hear no, you. You're not muted. Did I hear no, a girl? I, it, it's, Was there a girl? It, it, what it, girl would call into this? What? What do you mean? All right. When, when Coach gets back, when Coach gets back, he'll take the studio. I command the the conversation of chat. But in all honesty, as it says in the introduction. Um, someone who uh, all of us are very familiar with, been fucking friends with probably 2011, 2012, got it through some tough spots, um, is on his way back. And somebody who made good in the uh, in our little in our little Twitterverse here, in our little community here, and has uh, um, made the tough transition from the military into the private sector and. Uh, um, is always somebody I'm glad is on our team. That's WVU Soldier, Alpha, PsyOp, Extraordinaire. And we're going to get into a uh, – because everything's a PsyOp right now, right, Soldier? It seems like everything sort of has an underpinning of of disinformation. I, I mean, everything everything is an influence campaign of some sort or another. Every time you open your mouth and talk to somebody, you're influencing them one way or another. Otherwise, you wouldn't be opening your mouth, I hope. But I do it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) What? Some better than others, certainly. Well, I mean, uh, just look at at what – Look at what uh, you know. Everything is is fucking you know pushing propaganda, whatever whatever it is, whether it's political or the fucking administration, whatever. You know, Trump's tweeting out, "Don't watch uh, what is it, MSNBC." He's fucking he's running Fox News. Like <laughs> you know, it's gonna it's gonna cut down to one big one big like uh, RT Mother Russia type type news station, and it's gonna be beautiful. All right. The fucking well, the, the what, American like, uh, network. Like, uh, I'll tell you something. Um, I just came from a huge, a huge meeting in D.C. today, where a bunch of uh, I, I tell you, the deep state is real. It exists, and uh, oh, everybody good. cares about this topic much more than the current that the, the current residents of the White House care about it. So even if he mm-hmm. doesn't think Russia's influencing us, the rest of us are watching. All right, well, hold yeah. on. We're going to get right into this. But I do want you to tell us a little bit about this conference that you were at, uh, and as much as you can, um, you know, and, uh, and, and already Canadian Glenn has gone right to the Bernays, fuck the world, and Soldier and I did a little, pre, a little pre-call, little show pre-call. That's why I was so frustrated about BTR, because now I kind of feel like I can feel a little bit of Glenn's pain, because if you prepare for this stuff, you know, and then you do all the steps correctly and BTR still fucks you, I'll tell you what, man, I would fucking, I would be through, I would go through a lot of laptops. It'd be out the window. Uh, but, but either, you know, either way. So um, the Bernays, we're going to take it like the propaganda piece 
what I would like to do is take it from Bernays, from Edward Bernays, who essentially um, invented um, con- consumerism in this country, marketing, uh, Madison Avenue, and was one of uh, uh, Goebbels, um, Hitler's uh, propaganda cat there, uh, one of his biggest influences. Sure, I mean, I don't want to jump straight to Nazis, but if that's what we're going to do, it's what we're going to do. The, um, we're going to start then the we're going start to take of, it all in this section to how some of this, some of these techniques could perhaps help some of the good guys. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, I know so, a lot of people in our circle deploy a lot of these techniques already, but on a larger scale and, and talk about sort of the, the 70, 30% rule. All right, but in this conference, go for it, soldier. What what was this symposium all about? So this conference was the hashtag Disinfo Week. You can check. You saw me tweeting about it a little bit earlier today. Um, it was a big deal. Madeleine Albright was one of the keynote speakers. There were uh, a number of other major leaders from all over NATO and the U.S. deep state, if you will, were there as well. Um, the principal objective of the conference was to was to discuss disinformation in cyberspace and how the the way that people are being able to access media these days is leading to an easier situation for disinformation to propagate um call that fake news call that enemy propaganda or sometimes even call it you know domestic propaganda whatever it is um and how these people want to start grappling with this problem. So it was good to hear the highest levels of leaders at least recognize this issue. I mean, I've been in this space forever, but it's high time they finally figured it out. Um, so that was the that was the conference. Um, a lot of interesting discussions happened. Uh, some of the things that people in our community would love to hear about would be how they discuss how large amounts of bots are being used and how they want to craft policy in one form or another to limit dissemination of propaganda through social media bots. Um, I think good fucking luck, but welcome to try. They had some curious thoughts that uh, made me laugh because people on stage didn't know these already exist, but they had thoughts about making their own bots to disseminate counter-propaganda messaging to defeat whatever it is that Russia is trying to do. Um, so the conversation was largely focused on that. Um, and then to, to pivot to which we're speaking uh, with Edward Bernays, Bernays wrote and Coach, book, our, again, excuse me, soldier, let me beam quickly here for a second. For those of us who eat sure. mayonnaise, like what, like what does a bot do? I mean, I've, ha- I've had my own theories about, uh, about how that, that um, malware has been distributed, but like, what does a bot do? What can a bot do um, as far as consolidating machines to make them all work for one collective purpose? So there are several different types of bots. Uh, so we're going for the completely non-technical audiences. If somebody who doesn't know anything about the internet is going to listen to this, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, so a, yeah. a bot, a bot has several different meanings in this context. Uh, bots in the terms of, propaganda as we're discussing it in this in this context of relates specifically to uh, large amounts of social media accounts which are controlled from a single point um, whether these are are fake personalities online or whether these are uh, are just completely 
bullshit accounts that only tweet out what the uh, what the user says. Sometimes they're automated. Sometimes they're just being controlled by the individual uh, in a mass sort of way. I believe some of the other guests here are fairly acquainted and have their own social media bots long before Russia got an idea about it. Isn't that right? Well, can, you, can you speak about like, what NSAID did in Cuba, right? Like they tried to... Uh, that's an NGO, or I think it's, no, it's actually a part of the government, the United States government, but it's a uh, humanitarian, you know, wing of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the U.S. government that basically deployed a full Twitter propaganda um, campaign in Cuba. Um, unfortunately, their timing was about as good as most American operations, and it fell flat on its face. Yeah. Well, not unfortunately. And I would say unfortunately because I would have moved to Cuba. So I guess I'm biased. But either way, go ahead, soldier. But I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, I mean, social media can, I mean, can, if we can go to the Arab Spring, like, you know, that was a, a pretty much a, uh, a, a, a revolution that got off on a springboard due to social media and then was essentially dismantled from within through social media. Right. So what social media botnets do in the propaganda context, there are other uses for them. Um, but in the, in the context of how they're useful for propagandists, they essentially just help amplify a message. Um, having a thousand accounts is better than having one account tweet something. Um, so if I'm trying to, it's not, so they aren't necessarily good or bad tools for anything. I could have a thousand bots that are all tweeting about rescuing kittens and people would probably suggest that I was doing the world a good thing. Um, whereas if I have a thousand bots that are all tweeting about how we should assassinate the president, that would clearly be a bad use of a, of a, of a botnet, and everybody would have a problem with it. Um, so Trump the bots bot. themselves are not in – oh, I'm sure it does. The bots themselves aren't inherently good or bad. Uh, they are the tool by which the message is propagated, and the message is where the – judgment can be passed, whether it is a good or bad message. Now, what would you do if you had a crush on a bot herder? If I had a crush on a bot herder, I'd ask him out. Yeah, now, that's a very, in, that's a very inside joke. Throw him up, Russell League. I mean, what would hey. you do? That would be a tough She, uh, well, never mind. Let's, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, do we want to go that? Do we want to go into that history? No. No, no, no. My connection will drop immediately. My house will mm -hmm. become on fire. And uh, no, no, no. So we're going to move on from that. Um, I would like to welcome Nick Knack, uh, um, the esteemed manager of many a, many a, a, a avant-garde sexual dungeon across the Canadian provinces and into the northern United States. Um, he's been one of the few investments that I made here on Twitter that has panned out. Um, so I'd like to welcome him to the to the show, uh, Mr. Nicknack. Welcome. Um, all right. So as you were, sorry, I, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. I get distracted with the fucking chat room and the talking. It's they're both equally fucking uh, riveting. No, so when I'm talking, I have to room. walk away from the chat room. Yeah, I should close it, but I can't. It's like a it's like a train wreck. And then I love Glenn. He drops his negative. 
he offered negative five units for purchase of all of, of Russian grandparents. There you go. That sounds so. That sounds you wanted to speak aggressively about, racist. All right, continue, sir. You wanted to speak about Bernays. The big thing to know about yeah. Edward Bernays is uh, that he is the father of, we'll call it modern propaganda. Um, and it starts with his book, Propaganda, published pre-World War II, that was used, as you said, by Goebbels, and was the uh, foundation for marketing in the New York City big, big business context, and is also the foundational document for a lot of what was done in PSYOP, psychological warfare, as it was called at the time, PSYOPs, and now MISO, as it's called today. Um, yeah, so that's what you need to know, and if you would like, you can, fly, you can buy his book on Amazon, so that if you want a foundational document to touch and get a good understanding as to how all this shit started, that's where you go. It's interesting, like, in what, in what context he's taught. So if he's taught in the context of marketing and you're, you know, getting, you know, your, your graduate, graduate degree in marketing research or some horrible fucking uh, life skill like that, and you study Bernays from a very sort of um, grandfatherly, um, patriarchal, like, benevolent um, side of things, if you just come across him, Canadian Glenn, you know what? If you're going to throw out amateurs, then call in, you bitch. And if if you learn about Bernays through the lens of, um, you know, the machine of, of state, of government, um, then you learn about them from a completely different perspective. Um, and well, what, makes- I would, what I would say to that is that people seem to think that there's there's something huge and insidious about PSYOP and propaganda, and there can be. But remember, the tools themselves aren't necessarily good or bad. It's how they're used that is good or bad. So you shouldn't think of PSYOP as itself inherently evil. Um, PSYOP is largely, it's largely just marketing, but instead of selling products, you're selling ideas. You use the same techniques well, to, a certain degree, to you do it whenever with the human being, right, soldier? Uh, yeah, like I said, you don't open your mouth without trying to influence somebody one way or another. All PSYOP or marketing is is a is a systemized methodology to hopefully do that better than others would otherwise. Yeah, and we do. I mean, we do that. I mean, this is one of the the dangerous things about propaganda and Bernays, and I don't want to take you too far off track, but um, is that it is like we have such a an affinity um, to be um, to be manipulated. We, I think, as a species, um, to be in a state of of uh, manipulation or in a state of um, like a childlike with a parent with a state overlooking us is is uh, it's extremely comforting. Um, and and so now. Edward Bernays is one of the most famous things he did was with cigarettes and cigarettes were not selling um, very well amongst females. They were, they were basically known as a, uh, as a male vice. And um, at one of the parades post world war two, or excuse me, post world war one, he was hired by lucky strike to increase the demographic of female smokers uh, to male smokers. 
And what he did was he um, he uh, tied the suffrage movement um, into um, so that's a that was a very that's a serious political concept right there. Well, as serious as I'm willing to get it anyway. But for women, I'm sure it's very serious. Um, suffrage, like the right to vote, that's big doing. It's a very serious thread in our social fabric. And he wove that perfectly into a commodity like cigarettes and basically rebranded cigarettes as liberties of, or torches of liberty. Um, so there, and he featured, he hired like 500 women to walk down this parade um, with cigarettes, with uh, torches of liberty in their hand. And the demographic, like, within six weeks, swung to, like, 50-50 and then the 60-40. Um, oh, hey, you want a, you want a conspiracy just, theorist? I'm making, I'm making up a conspiracy theory right here, right now. I believe go. that Antifa's black hoodies are a marketing campaign by Gap. Wait, hold on. You re, re, Rewind. Say that again. The black hoodies yes. that uh, Antifa uses? It's all a marketing campaign done by Gap to get more sales. Run by God? Gap. Gap. Banana Republic. Gap. Whatever oh, their other store is. Yeah. Yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, word. Or even like Walmart. You can get a good black hoodie at Walmart. You know what's really funny is I'll, I'll start a conspiracy on the other side is after, I would say four months after Trayvon Martin was killed, it was tough to find a black hoodie in a Walmart or or a Target. You could find navy well. blue. You could find navy blue, but you couldn't find black. All right, so let's move back to business. In fact, you know what? Let's take a quick break. I'm gonna play a tune. Um, if, if Glenn, if Glenn wasn't so, such a fucking but we're going to continue along this. I'm going to fight my ADD. We're going to continue along this thread about propaganda, about disinformation. Um, we'll go a little more specifically into how it's used um, in social media. Um, and, it, and it's funny when Soldier and I were talking earlier, and I, he described like propaganda uh, in social media as an emerging, um, as an emerging sort of. Uh, um, um, occurrence where where I think to most of us it probably seems kind of old. Um, you know, if, if you did if you did follow the Arab Spring and um, everything that's pretty much gone through social media from there, Occupy, etc. Um, so we will, I'm going to take a quick break. I need to uh, reload on the. A little this, a little that. Uh, so grateful to have uh, Soldier here. Um, I think I unmuted everybody. I'm going to put everybody on mute for a second. We'll listen to another song. If, and listen, if you're on mute and I don't, like, put you right on the air because that's my policy, just... Fuck you all, this is the last song of the evening. What is it? And this was written by a, what? my favorite performer. Our favorite performer, isn't it? 
All of ours? You like him the best? Oh, and there's a donation basket for Kurt wants to buy Lead Belly's guitar. Oh, yeah. This guy representing the Lead Belly estate wants to sell me Lead Belly's guitar for $500,000. Yeah. I even asked David Geffen personally if he'd buy it for me. He wouldn't do it. Yeah. 
Thank you. That's a fucking pain in the fucking ass, man. Hey, unmuted. How you doing? Good. Who am I talking to? Well, I'm reporting live from the... Who? Uh, The cat god. Oh, hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? I just uh, beating my dude and petting my cat, too. How you doing? I can't complain. Just came from a propaganda conference. There's not only massive amounts of background noise, there's also an echo. I'm not getting the echo, but I'm definitely getting background noise. I blame Nick immediately. Like uh, yeah, it sounds like it's music. I hear someone's TV or music or something. You guys know I wouldn't listen to music like that. Or wait, that's a rap music. Yeah, there's both Yo, music in the background, and I bet somebody is listening on Exactly. I'm going to have to yell at him. going to be a good Ladies and gentlemen, I'm reporting live from the Heads on the Block concert in lovely Detroit, Michigan, Auburn Hills. Auburn Hills, good venue. And who is this? All right, hold on. i got to straighten myself. That sounded like Sam. 
Yeah, what's up, man? How are you, my brother? Good. Hold on, let me straighten this fucking neck music out. Trying to wedge a uh, pack of matches in there or something. No doubt. Savage behavior. Savage behavior. Okay, host. Do you want to? Did you want to continue on track, or did you just want me to monologue yeah. for a while? No, I know we were trying to talk about propaganda. Look, when I cut up, I uh, I admit that I'm fucked up. But no, I, that I had nothing to do with that. Like I was. Dropped, called back in, dropped, called please, soldier, continue. Uh, why the fuck is my desktop at a different time than my phone? Hello, ping? Can someone say pong? Pong. Pong. Okay, God, we uh, thank cat God, we hear you loud and clear. Don't be quick, uh, just interrupt this stuff. My headphones don't, are like, don't make me, don't make me break my, my... All right, cat God, you're getting into it. Why the fuck am I doing bring you in? Just because I said pain? Fuck you. No, it sounds like you're speaking in Morse code. Pretty much. Oh, it sounds All like right. I'm speaking in Morse code. Okay. Fucking doesn't even All know right. how to work. Propaganda. Yeah, I mean, I will. I, look, when I fuck up, I fuck up. But uh, that was definitely beating me. All right. I told our soldier in Yeah, fuck you. That's Morse code. All right. Do we have the air now? Jesus Christ. Yes. Nigger. Nigger. And, Kat, God, I will get all Enigma on you. I will break your Enigma code. My area code is 201. You don't have to mute me. Yeah. No, you're good. I know all, all of right. I know all of my God's area codes. You're good. Right on. So, you wanted to speak about the current state of Russian propaganda and what's what they've been doing on social media. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, I just hear the background noise. Okay, so the uh, it's fairly clear that the Russians hacked the DNC and so and hacked a bunch of other things, not just the DNC, and then selectively released targeted information with the intent of driving a wedge between Americans. Their goal is to make us fight ourselves. And I would say from one propagandist to another that fucking did it in spades. It worked fantastically well. Um, I hear that the person in Russia responsible for it has gotten a promotion to uh, to he's a general now as a result of this successful campaign. Um, the same thing has been happening at what I saw today while speaking with some of our NATO allies. Um, it's being reported across the Western world that Russia is intentionally disseminating both disinformation and then, more importantly, selective information. And I do want to draw that distinction. There is a significant difference between that all disinformation is PSYOP, but not all PSYOP is disinformation. A, a PSYOP is a targeted campaign 
of messaging meant to persuade change and influence the hearts and minds of the target audience. Disinformation is a very specific type of PSYOP. That's where you present false information. Um, the vast majority of what the Russians did in the most recent election was not a disinformation campaign. It wasn't a misinformation campaign. The data they took from the DNC servers was truthful data. It was the, selective, it was the selective releasing of that data that fit the narrative that they wanted, to, which drove a wedge between a, within the American population, temp-wise. And it wasn't necessarily disinformation in that instance. There are other instances of Russian disinformation um, where they'll go in and knowingly post things that are false, but this was not one of them. Soldier, let me ask you a quick question because you're you're not only military trained, but you're also a common sense type of guy. Like, what, I mean, this sort of uh, meddling in um, in in the United States um, affairs, and I, you know, I don't think they really had that much of an effect on me at all personally. But who's to know the extent of what happened? But do you think that um, the divisive uh, the divisive climate that that like we've seen, you know, since a year before uh, the presidential election, and we still see now. Like, do you think that 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 Jimmys were rustled by the by the Russians? Absolutely. No, the intent was to drive a wedge between different sectors of the American population, and it's clear that succeeded. Um, you have right, so the. Might not have punched me in the eye at that at that Trump rally if it wasn't for Putin. Pardon? That black guy in the cowboy hat wouldn't have punched me in the eye at that Trump rally if it wasn't for Putin. I'm not necessarily. I'm not going to. Sayap is not Come on. such a clear cut thing great. that you could be sure that that would have happened with or without Putin's behavior. Uh, I no. That person, you get everybody's point. responsible it's, for their own actions. I mean, essentially, the the aggressive climate in American politics was certainly what they were trying to help amplify. And it appears in the aggregate they've done it in spades. They've succeeded in that mission. Um, When you're speaking about propaganda campaigns, you don't measure the effect on individuals. You measure the effect in groups in the aggregate. Uh, Very rarely can you point to a propaganda campaign that succeeded in specifically influencing one person or a target set group of people. Um, I would highlight, I don't know All if you right, saw, but recently I made a question uh, here. Because you and I have talked about this before, and, you, and you've talked to me about like the 70 30 rule, where the propagandist goes for the, 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 the mass, the plebes, the, the 70% of the population not the 30% or whatever it may be in that country that can see through the, right. the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, so when doing, so when doing a, uh, a PSYOP mission, say, in Iraq or Afghanistan, um, I, could, I, was never, I was never under the inclination that I would be able to convince the Taliban or Jaysh al-Mahdi or al-Qaeda or al-Qaeda in Iraq, which became ISIS, to... Um, to put down their weapons and join the government and stop shooting at me and my friends. I was never under that disillusion. Those were the 30% of the population I was just never going to be able to touch. And I've seen that true in Iraq. I've seen it true in Afghanistan. And I see it true in American populace. There is just 30% of a population who's dead set 
on whatever their beliefs are, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. A good, a, I would argue a good propaganda campaign tries to target the fence sitters and move people more over to the, the, those fence sitters off the fence and into the camp that they're in and largely ignores the people in the 30% on either side. I would suggest that as people become literate in looking for propaganda in the media that they consume, that they pay attention to whether somebody is trying to drag them into the collective 70% of us or whether the propaganda they're hearing is intentionally designed to move them further into the 30% camp on either side of the political spectrum. Um, steer clear of the propagandists that try to keep you in the 30% on one side or another and try to spend more attention, paying attention to the media that, that speaks to common men and the majority of us that hang out in the center. Well, and we also talked about propaganda and anti-propaganda. So with any, with, within any, any, you know, sort of state, sponsored propaganda. There's also like the anti-propaganda, but it's still propaganda from the revolutionary sect. So counter-propaganda is, a, uh, is an interesting process. And I was the uh, chief counter-propaganda analyst for United States Forces Iraq for all of 2010. Um, and that process involves looking at the messaging that the opposition is presenting. In my case, it was what al-Qaeda was putting out specifically what Anwar Alaki and his crew were doing. Um, and then breaking it back down to figure out who they were targeting, why, what the key messaging they were trying to get the target audience to do was, and then to try to spin the narrative such that the audience, even if they listen to that messaging, will take that messaging, will take whatever the lines of persuasion that convince them and apply them to do whatever action it is that you're trying to get them to do. Um, that's essentially that's the that's the ten second version of how you do counter propaganda. There's a whole process and lots of paperwork, but that's pretty much it. Did everybody like pass that? out? Hi, Glenn. My God. See, again, Glenn, guys. Yeah, poltergeist on air. Seriously, what's going on over there? It's a poltergeist event. Oh, wow. what are you going to do? Anyway, it's good to hear your voice, good sir. Well, it just got too ridiculous. I had to end my self mute. No, uh, I don't know next I'm just trying to. <laughs> there, there's loud playing. Uh, in, in, in the crack house that I happen to be inhabiting at this very moment. So I'm going to have to go figure that out. I'm going to put you on mute. Glenn, speak your mind. This has been a fairly interesting conversation. This content goes. And uh, so, so uh, share your thoughts on propaganda. Is there Canadian propaganda? Of course there's Canadian propaganda. There's propaganda everywhere. The issue is whether you recognize it or not. That's part of the game. Canadians have their own branch of PSYOP. I've met with them, and they are outstanding professionals. Exactly. See? I have a copy of your guys's prop, of your guys' PSYOP manual, actually, in the back of my car. 
Well, just don't be like numerous Canadian cabinet ministers and leave it out somewhere where it gets fucking stolen. It's open source. It doesn't matter. Anybody can take it. It is now. Never used to be. I don't know if it's published anywhere, but uh, the document's unclassified, which is why I can have it in my car. There you go. Protocol. No, but I mean, I love me some good. I love me some good Canadian psyop, psyops, as you guys call it. Well, there's there's a huge one going on this weekend. It's called Canada 150. Yeah. It's the 150th anniversary of Confederation. And well, happy birthday. The federal government is spending $500 million on this PSYOP. Yeah, those are Canadian dollars. That's like 10 cents, right? It's Canadian pesos, yes. But uh, it's already been met with mass counter-protest on Parliament Hill, which resulted in arrests. And more press than the actual official campaign was getting to this point. Why? Why would people be so angry about celebrating what I imagine is a patriotic day? Well, when the protest is by First Nations, it has a lot of weight. Can I just ask, like, in Canadian pesos, what a lap dance would cost me up in Montreal? I'm going to pretend if like you, I don't know the answer to that. I, I think Canadian Glenn knows the answer to that. In fact, I think he has it on a calculator in front of him right now. What are you talking about? Well, He's got a stripper in front of him right now. No, actually, yeah, like, considering, considering the parameters of the question, if you know Hell's Angels, you don't pay shit. Who do you hey. think sells their mess? Dude, I make that shit in a Walmart in a fucking Mountain Dew bottle. Two liters, bitch. Ten minutes, in and out. I was a tourist, and it was about 30 Canadian bucks. What was the name of uh, uh, the the Hells Angels guy who was the leader up there in Canada and Montreal for a while? Um, He was a beast. They fucking, they went hard up there in Montreal for a minute. Um, That would be Mom Boucher. And I will take this right back into propaganda and, and, and memes. Memes are, are a huge part of, like, our whole world, right? If you pay attention to the Internet, memes are a huge part of the way you convey information in the smallest quantifiable form of data, right? That's basically what I understand. And so if you, you and I, Canadian Glenn are, and I are fighting... I'm going to fucking put him in a sleep hold and French kiss him. And then I'll let him go when he taps out. But, um, and you distracted me, you fucking Canuck. God damn it. Memes online as, and as a method of propaganda. Yeah, right. So these, these, these are what, you, what, I mean, you go from cuneiform back in the Egyptian, um, uh, Mesopotamian times, all the way through to sigils. Um, in the 1600s, the Dark Ages, like through to Alistair Crowley, um, and uh, and now we're back. We're back to the beginning of communicating with the smallest amount of, of written information that is possible, um, which is a meme, which is propaganda. 
Um, well, I can actually, are, are I can still, point to the specific, I can point to the specific part of the SIOP manual, which will tell you exactly the part you're referring to without knowing it. Um, when you're doing, once you've developed your target audience analysis, you've done your psychological objectives, your supporting psychological objectives, your target audience analysis, SIOP is a lot of paperwork. After you get to the, uh, the series concept, what you start doing is you, you want to have a couple unified symbols. This is actually in doctrine. You want a bunch of unified symbols for the target audience to rally around. And the use of those symbols from the target audience on their own accord is a good measure of success that you've done a good job with your symbols. Um, and a great example, so typically this involves, if I'm trying to get Iraqis to vote, one of the memes in that instance would have been the, uh, the inked finger that signified that you voted. Um, I don't oh, know yeah, if anybody cute. remembers. That was cute. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that was us. We're the one that came up with that campaign. Uh, I mean, especially with women and, and people who yeah. formerly not vote. That was big, man. Yeah, and they would hold up a, they would hold one finger up in the air, and that finger would be dabbed in ink, and it served both to make sure that somebody didn't vote twice, and as a, uh, and as a marker that, and, and as a mark of pride for anybody voting. That was an example of psyop imagery as a meme, and the fact that it got back here and you're familiar with what I'm talking about just demonstrates how successful it was. In more recent times, I would suggest that uh, hijacking the green frog Pepe and turning that into an, a symbol for the, uh, for the alt-right would be a similar example, which has gained massive support and traction. In that case, Pepe was not originally, uh, in, a, in a large amount of cases, still isn't an alt-right meme but has been hijacked by them and is now just as, as bad in some circles as a swastika is. So, I mean, it's gotten so, so bad that the ulti, the, the Pepe meme has gotten so bad that the Anti-Defamation League has uh, labeled it a form of hate speech, which is absurd because all of us from the Internet used to use Pepe as a regular meme. Well, I mean, there, there, there's so many levels on why that's absurd. First of all, I would have to say the first reason that it's absurd is because Hillary, Hillary doth proclaim it uh, offensive. So it was then, and, and the poor guy who just illustrated get that guy, that, that Pepe the Frog, you know, and was hoping to, like, fucking cash out on the bitch, like, it's banned all of a sudden. And to ban any picture, um, I mean, then so then we're we're on the slippery slope of nanny state fascism. Exactly. So when you're doing when you're doing propaganda campaigns, or when we're when we're trying to figure out what we're going to do as a civil society to to put us to put us in a more prepared position to deal with propaganda. Um, particularly when it's propaganda that we know is coming from people that don't have our best interests at heart, like Russia or China or Iran, when we know that it's coming from adversarial sources, how do we reasonably block that or find a way to deal with that without becoming, without, without limiting free speech? And as an example of this, um, so I've been doing counter-jihadist propaganda since 2008, 2006, I would say. That would be a good time to start. Since 2006, I've been doing this a long damn time. The 
my my good friends over in the UK have much more strict laws when it comes to freedom of speech, um, such that they are not allowed to have any jihadist propaganda. It's illegal in the UK to own a piece of jihadist propaganda. So when I I have every copy of every Inspire magazine ever published and a crap load I have all I have terabytes full of jihadist propaganda that I comb through when I need to when I need to pull out data for analysis. Terrorists um, confirmed. Terrorists yeah, confirmed. right. I can't I can't send that to my good analysts that I know are great at this, who I worked with in Afghanistan, because it's illegal for them to have that data. It stifles free speech, it stifles research, and it's a dangerous, slippery slope that I'm not sure we want to see in America or or Canada for, for on our side of the Atlantic at all. Um, but well, if we don't get a handle on it, I'm very fearful that actually have free speech. Like it's not in their constitution nor the freedom of the, the media. You're correct. No, the uh, the free media is. There's uh, you cannot release classified data in the UK media. Um, they will send a what's called a D notice in the UK to you if you try to research a story. In the US, that doesn't happen. In the US, uh, and I hope it stays this way. Um, both the uh, particularly the Obama administration was was very guilty of of trying to reduce the freedom of press situation. Um, by spying on the press and by and by uh, compelling them to give up their sources, I believe that one and of my good friends and reporters out there, he did it at an unprecedented level. No, he absolutely did, and I'm I'm a big fan of Obama in a lot of things. That is one case where I think he absolutely misstepped, um, and I, I'm very disappointed in that. So there are there are instances where this is happening in the UK or in uh, in Canada. We actually had a, a very similar case where a Canadian journalist. In fact, if you guys have seen the TV show Cyber War on the Vice Network, are, are you guys familiar with what I'm talking about? Yes. So that TV show, that reporter was just compelled by the Canadian government to give up his sources inside of ISIS. He was doing a story on ISIS, and, uh, and he got some interesting sources inside. The Canadian government compelled him to give it up, give them up. And I've, I've spoken to that reporter at length about it, and uh, I hope that he continues to fight the case and succeed, because it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, free speech. And we're going to so, take a so quick music break. Is- I've got to refresh my drink. And then when uh, we come back, finish the thought that you just had. And then let's, well, let's talk a little bit about the intercept, um, sort of the beacon of, of, of journalistic, of free journalistic hope, and how it fucked up with that dumb wench uh, Faith Liberty or Summer Festive or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't know what the fuck her name is. And that's chance winning. How people drop drop the ball there. Um, is, is she a uh, is she just a, a e-fame whore? Um, did the Intercept drop the ball? And nothing would make me happier if Glenn Greenwald personally dropped the ball because I hate that fucking dude. 
Um, but but we should get into that a little bit after this. I'm gonna, I have to reach my uh, I have to reach my drink and uh, get get this fucking nouveau hip hop turned down a little bit. Sounds and, good. Uh, Please try not to keep us all now. on silence for a long time. Here's the street. Palindromes. I said, please try not to keep us all in silence for a long time after you get back. Oh, no, I won't. I, I, I won't. And if it, if, if it happens, Coach also has credentials. So if that happens and Coach happens to be on here and not outside smoking a cigar and drinking some fucking nice <laughs> bourbon, what that hasn't happened is when I put it on hold for a song, when I come back, um, like I, like my mute button has been dysfunctional. So, uh, coach, if I, if that happens, go right back on. Um, That's fine. I'll but, go ahead uh, and fucking log in or whatever as an admin. And 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 I have a Russian friend in from out of town who's partied a little bit with Edward Snowden over there. And, uh, and he's fucked up right now. Um, but I'm going to try to get him to speak on, on air for a little bit. Um, we'll see what happens. Well, um, there goes my clearance. No. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Well, I mean, you know, if they're going to drone anybody, they should drone me. Come on, motherfucker, come on. No, I'm just All right, but get he's, it, uh, get he's on the commercial he's, break. He's a party boy. He's a party boy from Russia. He's met him a few times. So we'll see if I can get him lucid enough. He's there fucking banging his head against some sort of some sort of marble while listening to bad Kanye West music. They don't have Kanye in communism, man. Dude, Kanye is like the god in communism. (laughs) Post-communism. Now I got you doing it. All right, put us on on a radio break. Right. Hello. Hello. Cat God. I love you, Cat God. Oh, I'm not muted? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're all right, Cat God. You're okay, I mean. I mute you from... What what if this lesson do that? I want to hear the lesson. Hold on, that's lame. Oh, wait. Wait. Hello, Ruski? Ruski? Wait a second. I'm too far from the Wi-Fi. My whole life, I've been staring out the cracks, slipping words amongst the people that get close enough to grasp it. You're looking at me like another broken glass, getting closer to the edge without emotional attachment. Maybe you don't see that all of this around you is a simple web of clouds that was designed to make you soundproof. That's exactly why I scream like all the proud do, and slam against the gates with my music until I plow through and... I see the smiles in your frowns How you feel like everything in your life is nailed to the ground And I see you speak with the same distaste in your mouth While everything breaks you down in the bottle trying to drown yourself I guess there's no hope left All the ships are leaving port and the wine is smelling like that And you can smoke it till there's holes in your chest Until you're breathing out your last cold breath I wish I could have told you All your demons are gonna get you 
who sent a hard copy that she Xeroxed on the machine in Atlanta, um, which the Bureau in Atlanta would have had no business accessing that file. She hard copied it and sent the original to um, she sent the original to fucking uh, the intercept. And then apparently, from what we know now, the intercept sent that original hard copy to the NSA for cooperation of the report. Now, soldier, how many people fucked up on on that delivery? So I just had to Google her real quick. Her name is Reality Winner. That's her name. Uh, Reality Lay Winner. This would be the... I believe NSA contact. The hell of a code name. That's not a code name. That's her actual name. That's even better. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, So how many people fucked up? Well, clearly she fucked up. Um, Her... Her leadership, whoever, first of all, we may have a young Dalek incoming. We may have a young Dalek incoming. That'd be dope. Carry on. Outstanding. So she fucked up. Whoever gave her a clearance probably fucked up. Um, Wait, so Dalek's not coming? Pardon? I actually know for a fact that no one's on mute who's called in except for Annie because of the music in the background. Where's Dalek? He's on the way, dude. Chill the fuck out. Dalek, you better get in here and turn your dick around, you bitch. Yeah, I'm totally chatting as him, too, which is awesome. What's a major bummer when it comes to reality winner is the data wasn't particularly interesting. What the hell was she leaking that was worth her life for? This... This culture of just leaking whenever you feel like it has to stop. I'm 100% for responsible uh, I, people I who are... People should have big balls, but they should leak everything because they're big-ass balls. That's very easy to say for somebody who... Very easy to say. It's, it's a lot harder to, to agree that everything should be public all the time. Uh, in order to run... A organization, any organization, businesses are entitled to confidential data. A government is entitled to secrets. Um, there are things that, if they were public, would immensely damage the ability of the United States to to do a lot of other things in the world. So, no, certain things ne- are necessarily secret. And this level of arbitrary leaking is incredibly damaging. I'm all for massively declassifying a large amount of classified data. I'm for reducing the number of things that are classified easily. I want to be as transparent as possible. But just arbitrarily leaking for no damn reason is a horrible idea. I, uh, I, have, I have spoken to people who debated whether or not they would leak. And in some cases, I suggested that maybe they should. In other cases, it was just why? If it's not for the public good and it's going to cause damage to America, why leak it? It's not a, uh, it's not a good luck. So she's – I just I don't get what went through her head when she decided uh, this was a good idea. Well, uh, different stocks are going to get different benefits depending on who's president. 
So if you can make one person president, you can invest in the stocks you're comfortable with in your life. Hello? And you can make money. I hear you. I just don't understand what you're saying. Doesn't seem like that's working out real well for you, Catcod. Like if Trump wins, you're going to invest in gun stocks and oil stocks and whatnot. If Hillary and whatnot wins, you're going to invest in stocks and this such. Yeah, because investing investing in armaments is such a bad deal when the Democrats are in. Why? Thanks, money. He's being sarcastic. It's not. Armament sales have been through the roof under Obama. Of course. There is no loser when you're in the fucking military-industrial complex. Next topic. What what you have to understand is there's a very minute trick to it. What you have to do is wait three days after the mass shooting for the dip. You want to invest on the bottom of the dip. It happens three to five days after all the kids get shot at the school or whatnot. And then all the news of the gun bans sink in and people go out and buy ARs. You're a goddamn genius. I don't know why you don't start your own hedge fund. And then then the gun sucks for like 40%. I think capital might be the issue. Uh, I think uh, Hicks that they're going to ban their guns is the issue. Okay, I still have no understanding what that has to do with leaking, which was the original topic. I don't give a fuck about leaking. Fucking hacker nerd pussy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't expect Cat God to follow like a line of logic. It's very off-brand for him. Well, what I said in the chat was that reality winner is a, is a is a demonstration of how easy it is when you fuck up to get basically hacked back because the NSA knew within fucking minutes how many terminals had access to that document, how many of those terminals had access to a printer. Yeah, and she, wasn't even, ch- she wasn't a very good leaker either. <laughs> that, that much is clear. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. That's she's, why a, she's an idiot. Invested in John McAfee's MGT. They're building Sentinel, the unhackable who, phone. Who let Alex God, we're Jones trying to have a discussion here. impaired brother on <laughs> the air here? I don't know, but I totally have the power to meet him, and I'm absolutely not afraid to if it comes to that. MGT has gone up 80% in the last week. Cat God, Cat God, stick to the topic or go away. I love you. Well, I, I am sticking to the topic. You were just fucking talking about hacker shit. But what about Meowcoin? <laughs> Let's talk about Meowcoin. It sounds like a very uh, valuable media for propaganda. Did you know that John McAfee is the largest... Bitcoin miners in the USA. You should after the FBI. MGT. After the FBI? No, nah, he's before the FBI. The FBI is second. Yeah, so, to try to bring yeah, back okay. the semblance of the topic at hand, the uh, the most retarded people in government 
in recent years have been reality winter, winner. Jeb Bush. Hillary and Clinton. then those two stop. And, and then uh, those two, those two FBI agents Columbia. who tried to steal silk coin, Bitcoin. Silk yeah, Bitcoin. I'm gonna throw him on mute for a minute at least. He's on timeout. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, <laughs> that was my reference. That was my reference. I mean, yeah, I knew where you were going. But I mean, this, this question of you know, oh my God, did did the intercept sell her out? And well, when you stand out in the middle of the fucking street naked, it doesn't matter who you ask to hold a blanket in front of you, you're gonna get seen. And reality winner is an idiot in a game that takes at least a working knowledge. So tough shit. I mean, you can't rob you a bank. That- you can't rob a bank by handing out business cards. Same fucking thing. Note that I've been extremely silent on this one. Um, it's because all the all the all the suspicion that Glenn Greenwald or the Intercept ratted on her seems just ridiculous to me. Her folly was the fact that she is a really bad leaker and didn't know what the fuck she was doing on, on any level. She didn't leak anything useful. She didn't leak anything that makes America safer if the public knows about it, which is probably the only good reason to leak ever. Yeah. And she didn't, she didn't use any basic hygiene you would suspect that somebody would. This is just a naive, stupid child. Okay. No, I don't know now, what else to say about her. Okay, now let's play the counter-op. What is the likelihood that she is a plant to, to discredit Intercept? Unlikely? Unlikely. I would say unlikely. Okay, but it is possible. I don't find... The, the Intercept has a small audience... A small dedicated audience. They're like info wars, and if they have a small dedicated audience, it's going to believe what they say no matter what. They wouldn't be worthy of targeting by the U.S. government, in my summation. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, if you're not on the on the map, you're not going to draw fire. That makes sense. Yeah, they just they they don't raise the level worthy of return fire. WikiLeaks, on the other hand. I am almost, I, I am as certain as you can be, and I'd frankly be disappointed if it is false, if the government does not have sources inside of WikiLeaks. Well, I'm sure that's pretty much everybody in Five Eyes wants that capability. Everybody wants that capability if they can get it. Yeah, if, it, if it's not happening, we have a piss poor intelligence community. What happened there? I'm here. I don't know what the background noise is. Okay. I'm really not hearing a whole heck of a lot. I've been like typing and shit. You might be able to hear my keyboard, but I imagine that wouldn't be terribly distracted. I don't know. It's not it's not a major background noise we can deal. Well, I mean, well, I mean, this was supposed to be about the concept. And the delivery methods and whose side it's coming from, you know, I mean, if you want to break it down into the, into the construct of, of the state using it for positive and a negative, or if you want to cross over into the military or foreign agencies using it elsewhere, 
I think the difference between those two methods of operation are getting narrower all the time. Uh, you just don't you really hear too much credit. In what way? I so I have, and I, I consistently bring this up because I think it's a great example. In the DNC league, it was demonstrated. It's proof. It's a real thing that happened that uh, DNC staffers attempted to do a, to conduct a disinformation campaign against Donald Trump, where they were going to post on Craigslist a bunch of ads that were very sexist uh, for the Trump organization, and now hiring super hot females to work in Trump Tower, essentially apply with a picture and ugly people need not apply. That sort of thing was what was going on. It's just a, just a massively piss poorly constructed I will mute the shit out of you if you say anything else. Alright, so I finally dragged away um, Edward Snowden's drug deal from his huge pile of MDMA that he was essentially <laughs> cheap balling. Uh, Very nice. And he, he, this is a friend of mine who randomly met Edward Snowden at a discotheque in Minsk. Uh, and, 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 he, and, he, and he's good people. He's good people. He and I, you know, we do some stuff here. And uh, he's good people, but I'd like to welcome to a, welcome him in the show. Um, Isaac, Kat, I'm not pronounce it, but it's it's Kazmanovsky, right? Close enough. Hello, hello, Isaac. So, so it's a friend of Edward Snowden's, which I just happened to meet, you know, in a random situation. And um, Edward Snowden is not the straight edge fellow that you might think he is. I'm just going to tell you right now. That? Does Isaac like the Kamchatka? Um, so, so cat got quiet down for a minute, and um, and Ivan. So, what sort of drugs have you done with Edward Snowden? Мы с Эдвард Сноуном принимали наркотики типа кокаина, героин и ну как травка. What discotheque did you meet Edward Snowden in? I know it's hard to remember. I mean, we've been doing a lot of drugs. It's a discotheque called And true or false, you had a threesome with one female, you and Edward Snowden. True or false? Pravda. That means true. So Edward Snowden gets down. Let's just say it that way. Um, another question about Edward Snowden. Sounds rowdy. Do you think he's currently working for uh, Vladimir Putin? Конечно, он работает для Владимира Путина, потому что у них есть, ну как, договор по поводу, ну как, их финансирования. And we've talked about this at great length. Do you think he's currently safe in 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 Mother Russia? Нет, он нет, он. You heard that yet? Everybody knows what yet means. So at what point will Putin deliver Edward Snowden to um, the current president of the United States, Donald Trump, like a stuffed goose on Thanksgiving? Он никогда не предаст его, потому что у них у Путина есть связи с ним. Поэтому если если Путин ну как предаст его, это значит, что Путин ну как попадет 
то же самое место um, с ним. All right, well, back to your MDMA, and I'll be there soon. And that was just uh, a, a, a young fella from a discotheque in uh, wait, Minsk wait. who happened to uh, yeah, go ahead. Empty. is the Russian still there? Yes, he is, Cat God. Hey, Mr. Russian guy, let me ask you, would you rather talk about Snowden's bitch ass, or would you rather talk about vodka, Kamchatka, you know? Yeah, we've had your <laughs> see, see, he would rather talk, talk about what all you bitches. For and you know what's funny you. about this Russian is he likes tequila. We need to get him on that bourbon. I have a question well, for the. I have a question for Isaac. Isaac, was it? Coach, you know I've been trying to get him on. The, can you speak about my propensity? My how do you say in Russian? My love. For for bourbon. My you both kaburum. See? My yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the real I think, I just, right uh, I, right. I just came I just came I from a conference. I just came from a conference with a bunch of Russia analysts and something they said struck me today. Um it was it is my understanding that the average Russian believes the narrative coming out of the Kremlin that Russia no. did not hack the U.S. election. The, does that ring true to you? Do you agree that the average Russian does not believe that Russia had anything to do with the election of Donald Trump? Нет, потому что все это бесит от того, что если этот человек смотрит на новости русские, понимаешь, то есть если он, ну как, следует за новостями, то есть да, он верит в это. Но если этот человек, как я, Он не верит в это. Он очень сомневается в этом. Поэтому... Well, my brother's bodyguard actually just walked in. It depends on the person. Into, into the room to check on his boy. And, well, first thing he said is the ecstasy I bought is good. So I'm psyched about that. But the... the I have a question. The, the, the Anthony, where the shit did you learn to speak Russian? Do I need to send somebody to your place? I uh, know, right? Come I wish you would translate because I'm really fascinated by this guy and whatever the fuck he's talking about, but I have no idea what it happens to be. So, yeah, I thought it was a troll Sam at first. Coach, That's why I asked a hyper-specific question. Coach, ask Sam a question. I did. I'm telling you, Sam and I met at a very, very dark and seedy bar in Miami Beach in fucking <laughs> 1993. And he was back in Russia. I got a good question. I got a good question. Edward Snowden. Hey, Russian guy, Russian guy. Did the Americans fake the moon landing? 
What's that mean, Auntie? Let me let me ask let me ask Sam about the monkey that the Russians spent sent into space. That was a smart monkey, no? The fuck does that have to do with the moon landing? He was smart. So in all honesty, Coach, like, so this is this is one of my friends from Madison. Like, you definitely need to fucking hack his bases, get his fucking info because. He's moving to Kazakhstan. He would make a great NSA fucking um, uh, uh, asset. He's my I'm not ever going to talk about it own. publicly. That's the kind of thing you fucking call me about privately, dick. <laughs> well, I, not if you're not a pussy. I haven't seen sight like that, that gorilla that got killed. Hammurabi? Hey, Swish, pardon. You had an idea with you, huh? I, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to need You'll have to grow balls like Mother Russia, okay? I didn't know I was supposed to bring a Russian translator with me for this call. I would have. I just didn't know I needed one. God and Sam would be, would be fast, true friends. It's lovely. So, Sam, in honesty, like in English, so how long before you moved to Kazakhstan? In two months. And you graduated with a degree in, in Russian linguistics? Correct. That is that is not a bad degree. I mean, perhaps one of the only other linguistic degrees you could have that would be more purposeful right now would be Arabic. Or Chinese. Or Chinese. Man, or Chinese. Well, that's if you want to speak factory work. I was wondering where the or, shit you got that accent from. So you're not native Russian. Oh, well, the Chinese accent is easy. It goes... Kagad, shut the fuck up. Adults are talking here. Fuck you. Don't tell me to shut up, you bitch. No, I was wondering where that accent was from. It was one of the reasons I thought it was a troll to begin with. But, yeah, no. Good to meet you, Sam. No, he's... All right, so in no bullshit, because you're my family... Uh, no, that's my boy Sam. He grew up in Iowa. He graduated from University of Wisconsin with a uh, uh, degree in lingu- linguistics. And for some fucking godforsaken reason, he's moving to Kazakhstan. Like, why wouldn't you move to Moscow? I would go right to Putin and I'd be like, yo, bitch, give me a job. Dude, there's no plenty of gorgeous you know he'd do in it. Kazakhstan. Well, all I know about Kazakhstan Interesting. is Borat. Uh, when I go and visit, I was gonna say, one of the- I need a roommate. I could disappear to Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan has all of the oil opportunities, and the war is over there. Sam, I'm glad you're. First off, I'm very glad that you are Native American because uh, I was very concerned that this conversation, while interesting, would have cost me my clearance. So, very good yeah, to meet no, you. Come on, soldier, <laughs> you know we never do that to you. Uh, I know people who could risk your clearance, but I would never put a live on the air with you. Come on, we're good like that, bro. You're good. You're good. Are you a fed man? I know, right? Uh, I'm a fed. Uh, Fuck you guys. It's like, it's like soldiers in my screen or something. That would be such a setup. That would be such a <laughs> You know? But no. Sam, uh, I, one, how I do have a, a Sydney prisoner of war here also, you know? 
or excuse me, war criminal. Hey, well, the, I do that too. He's the grandson <laughs> of the guy who committed the biggest genocide in Sudan uh, since fucking 2004. Man, you guys are rolling up there. I need to come say hi. Dude, I, I always find the cream of the crop, man. That's what happens when you when you're born and raised in Washington D.C., man. You always find the wild motherfuckers, dude. I got a rock wow. in my head right now. It, it, you know, I it's was, big. It's, I'm down there every day, causing problems, shaking the could, could one of you kikes drone me some twisted teeth, please? Some twisted. That's you want sh- you want some Amazon drone twisted teeth? My God, yeah. cat got it. My affection for you is, is limitless. So that's all you would want right now. You don't want a bottle of fucking like bullet rye whiskey. You want some some sweet tea with liquor in it. All right, now I'm paranoid. Chase. That's exactly what I'm drinking, and I'm super weird. What? I'm drinking. Wow. A, I'm drinking what are these fucking odds you would name yeah. what I'm sipping on? Yeah, but but you're drunk in the original, aren't you? We were out of that, so I got the half and half. I don't know what that is. I have I have right, back tea in my hand. It's the half lemonade, half tea, half alcohol one. Right. That's, that's one it's of like an half, alcoholic Arnie weird. Palmer or whatever. <laughs> I also don't know how what you do they call that shit. John Daly. <laughs> I heard it. Actually, pretty good. It's uh, we'll take your word for it. It's only five percent. It's kind of pussy, but it tastes good. Well, I didn't feel like getting drunk for you guys. I figured a twisted tea would be a fine way to chill. Yeah. I'm on beer number two, and I had the steak before I hopped on this shit. So uh, I'm uncharacteristically with it right now, but it is what it is. It's been a pretty fascinating combo, so I'm kind of glad I was quasi-cognizant. Cool. Are there any more propaganda questions anybody has? Did the Jews do 9-11? No. And that's stupid. Stop. Yeah, the Jews did not do 9/11. Who did if it wasn't the Jews? I see what you did there. What? Was it the no. Irish then? Just for the sake of getting you to shut the fuck up, I'll say that I did 9/11. So there you go. Burbs did 9/11. It's fucking out there. So oh. we can stop discussing that now. Uh, are you saying that you are a Jew? Uh, Coach, Coach sure. Burb. If that's what you want to think. Coach Burb there you go. confirmed the Jew. I'm like the only redheaded fucking Jew you've ever met in your fucking life, but it me. That would be false. I mean, I'm Aryan, but I'm not a Jew. Jews are religion. Right. And you are a sample for our race. What? I just, just said you're a sample of my race. Thank you very I much. Have, I have the blue eyes and the light brown hairs. I am a god. 
I thought you were a cat. A cat god. All right. I'm I about done. Unless any crisis has anything else to say or anybody else, I'm kind of uh, exhausted on all of this. I think Annie's probably digging into a pile of MDMA right now, and uh, yeah, good times. All right, I'll continue the conversation if anybody wants to, but if not, I guess we'll call it a night. Are, are we going to parlay to the tiny chats? Uh, I will not I, be joining you in tiny chat this evening. Pussy, pussy. I could do some tiny chats. You want to do tiny chat, more power to you It'll probably be you and Cat God So have fun with that shit Is who still here? Canadian Glenn Is Canadian Glenn still around? He was asking Uh, Glenn dropped the second we went into overtime As did Nick Knack Um, Pretty much the three of us Spiko said he was going to pass out because he's got a Lyme doctor's appointment in the morning, but he's still on the line. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Annie, of course. We, we still have his And he's live. I don't know where he disappeared to. I presume he's self-muted and God knows uh, what kind of nefarious uh, business he's in the middle of. But Right on. I'll go back to my Hamilton book for the rest of the night then. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's always kind of awkward when Annie has me run the boards, but uh, the boards get ran that way, so it is what it is. It's kind of weird no, for no, me, but whatever. It does kind of seem to help things along. So. You just censored it. It's been a pleasure. Like John, thank you. Uh, you've been fascinating as always. Cat God, um, thanks. I guess for giving yeah, me whatever. a headache and uh, long live third row. Can you do it for him? Hey yeah. man, good to hear your voice again. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye.